Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 26th day of January. Welcome. It is so great to be here with you today. I hope that you are having a great week, a great day, and if not, may the peace of the Lord rest upon you. Today we are continuing on in the book of Genesis, with chapters 41 through 42, continuing on with the Common English Bible for this week. Two years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing near the Nile. In front of him, seven healthy-looking, fattened cows climbed up out of the Nile and grazed on the, the reeds. Just then, seven other cows, terrible-looking and scrawny, climbed up out of the Nile after them and stood beside them on the bank of the Nile. The terrible-looking, scrawny cows devoured the seven healthy-looking, fattened cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He went back to sleep and had a second dream, in which seven ears of grain, full and healthy, grew on a single stalk. Just then, seven ears of grain, scrawny and scorched by the east wind, sprouted after them, and the scrawny ears swallowed up the full and well-formed ears. Then Pharaoh woke up and realized it was a dream. In the morning, he was disturbed and summoned all of Egypt's religious experts and all of its advisors. Pharaoh described his dreams to them, but they couldn't interpret them for Pharaoh. When the chief wine steward spoke to Pharaoh, "Today I have just remembered my mistake." Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker under arrest with the commander of the royal guard. We've both dreamed one night, he and I, and each of our dreams had its own interpretation. A young Hebrew man, a servant of the commander of the royal guard, was with us. We described our dreams to him, and he interpreted our dreams for us, giving us an interpretation for each dream. His interpretations came true exactly. Pharaoh restored me to my position, but hanged him. So Pharaoh summoned Joseph, and they quickly brought him in from the dungeon. He shaved, changed clothes, and appeared before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I had a dream, but no one could interpret it. Then I heard when you had." When you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, "It's not me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable response." So Pharaoh said to Joseph, "In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile. In front of me, seven fattened, stout cows climbed up out of the Nile and grazed on the reeds. Just then, seven other cows, weak and frail and thin, climbed up after them." I've never seen such full, off, such awful cows in all the land of Egypt. Then the thin, frail cows devoured the first seven fattened calves. But after they swallowed them whole, no one would have known it. They looked just as bad as they had before. Then I woke up. I went to sleep again and saw in my dream seven full and healthy ears of grain growing on one stalk. Just then. Seven hard and thin ears of grain, scorched by the east wind, sprouted after them. The thin ears swallowed up the healthy ears. I told the religious experts, but they couldn't explain it to me. Joseph said to Pharaoh, "Pharaoh has actually had one dream. God has announced to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows are seven years, and the seven healthy ears of grain are seven years. It's actually one dream." The seven thin and frail cows climbing up after them are seven years. The seven thin ears of grain scorched by the east wind are seven years of famine. It's just as I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. 
Seven years of great abundance are now coming throughout the entire land of Egypt. After them, seven years of famine will appear, and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. No one will remember the abundance in the land because the famine that follows will be so very severe. The dream occurred to Pharaoh twice because God has determined to do it, and God will make it happen soon. Now Pharaoh should find an intelligent, wise man and give him authority over the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint ministers over the land and take one-fifth of all the produce of the land to Egypt during the seven years of abundance. During the good years that are coming, they should collect all such food and store the grain under Pharaoh's control, protecting the food in the cities. This food will be reserved for the seven years of famine to follow in the land of Egypt, so the land won't be ravaged by the famine. This advice seemed wise to Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man with more God-given gifts than this one? And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, no one is as intelligent and wise as you are. You will be in charge of my kingdom, and all my people will obey your command. Only as the enthroned king will I be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Know this, I have given you authority over the entire land of Egypt. Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. He dressed him in linen clothes, and he put a gold necklace around his neck. He put Joseph on the chariot of his second-in-command, and everyone in front of him cried out, Attention! So Pharaoh installed him over the entire land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. No one will do anything or go anywhere in all the land of Egypt without your permission. Pharaoh renamed Joseph Zephanath Paniah and married him to Asnath, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of Helopus. Then Joseph assumed control of the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he began to serve Pharaoh, Egypt's king. When he left Pharaoh's court and traveled through the entire land of Egypt, during the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. He collected all the food during the seven years of abundance in the land of Egypt and stored the food in cities. In each city, he stored the food from the fields surrounding it. Joseph amassed grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped trying to measure it because it was beyond measuring. Before the years of famine arrived, Asnath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of Helopolis, gave birth to two sons for Joseph. Joseph named the oldest son Manasseh, because he said, God has helped me forget all of my troubles and everyone in my father's household. He named the second Ephraim, because, he said, God has given me children in the land where I've been treated harshly. The seven years of abundance in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. The famine struck every country, but the entire land of Egypt had bread. When the famine ravaged the entire land of Egypt and the people pleaded to Pharaoh for bread, Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, do whatever he tells you. The famine covered every part of the land, and Joseph opened all the granaries and sold grain to the Egyptians. In the land of Egypt, the famine became more and more severe. Every country came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because in every country, the famine had also become more severe. 
When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why are you staring blankly at each other? I've just heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we can survive and not starve to death. So Joseph's ten brothers went out to buy grain in Egypt. However, Jacob didn't send Joseph's brother Benjamin, along with his brothers, because he thought something, might, something bad might happen to him. Israel's sons came to buy grain with others who also came since the famine had spread to the land of Canaan. As for Joseph, he was the land's governor, and he was the one selling grain to all the land's people. When Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him, their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he acted like he didn't know them. He spoke to them with a harsh tone and said, Where have you come from? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. Joseph remembered the dreams he had dreamed about them and said to them, You are spies. You've come to look for the country's weaknesses. They said to him, No, master. Your servants have just come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants aren't spies. He said to them, No, you've come to look for the country's weaknesses. They said, We, your servants, are twelve brothers, sons of one man in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, but one is gone. Joseph said to them, It's just as I've said to you, you're spies, but here is how you prove yourselves. As Pharaoh lives, you won't leave here until your youngest brother arrives. Send one of you to go get your brother, but the rest of you will stay in prison. We will find out if your words are true. If not, as Pharaoh lives, you are certainly spies. He put them all in prison for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I am a God-fearing man. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay in prison, and the rest of you go. Take grain back to those in your household who are hungry. But bring your youngest brother back to me, so that your words will prove true and you won't die. So they prepared to do this. The brothers said to each other, we are clearly guilty for what we did to our brother when we saw his life in danger and when he begged us for mercy, but we didn't listen. That's why we're in this danger now. Reuben responded to them, Didn't I tell you? Don't do anything wrong to the boy, but you wouldn't listen. So now this is payback for his death. They didn't know that Joseph was listening to them because they were using an interpreter. He stepped away from them and wept. When he returned, he spoke with them again. Then he took Simeon from them and tied him up in front of them. Then Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and put each man's silver into his own sack and to give them provisions for their trip. And it was done. They loaded their grain onto their donkeys and they set out. When they stopped to spend the night, one of them opened his sack to feed his donkey and he saw his silver at the top of his sack. He said to his brothers, My silver's been returned. It's right here in my sack. Their hearts stopped. Terrified, they said to each other, What has God done to us? When they got back to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they described to him everything that happened to them. The man, the country's governor, spoke to us with a harsh tone and accused us of being spies in the country. We told him, We're honest men, not spies. We are twelve brothers, all our father's sons. One of us is gone but the youngest is right now with our father in the land of Canaan. The man, the country's governor, told us, 
This is how I will know you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me. Take grain for those in your household who are hungry and go. But bring back your youngest brother to me. Then I will know that you are not spies but honest men. I'll give your brother back to you and you may travel throughout the country. When they opened their sacks, each man found a pouch of his silver in his sack. When they and their father saw their pouches of silver, they were afraid. Their father Jacob said to them, You've taken my children from me. Joseph's gone. Simeon's gone. And now you're taking Benjamin. All this can't really be happening to me. Reuben said to his father, You may put both of my sons to death if I don't bring him back to you. Make him my responsibility and I will make sure he returns to you. But Jacob said to him, My son won't go down with you because his brother's dead and he's been left all alone. If anything were to happen to him on the trip you were taking, you would send me, old as I am, to my grave in grief. Wow, what a story. I love reading this story. It also makes my heart sad, but I, I love reading this story because we see that there is, you know, the underdog. <laughs> He's going to be okay. Um, and so Joseph, or sorry, Pharaoh has this dream and he's kind of talking about it. There must be a lot of commotion. I mean, have you ever had a dream where you wake up and you're like, I gotta, I gotta tell somebody about this. This dream was weird, man. That dream was weird. Or if you have almost like a nightmare and you're like, I really gotta process this out so that it can leave my head. Uh, it must have been really burning in Pharaoh because he's really trying to get a response. And I don't know if they're just kind of like scratching their heads and saying, we don't know, or if they're trying to give him interpretations and he's like, that doesn't feel like it's true. And so then Pharaoh's cupbearer is like, oh, yeah, there was this guy down in the dungeon. He interpreted my dream and also this other guy's dream and they both happened. Forgot about him, was supposed to remember him, didn't. Why don't you ask him? And so I love that um, Joseph, he's being told, or sorry, he's being asked to um, interpret the dream. And Pharaoh says, I've, I've heard that you can give interpretations. And Joseph responds, actually, it's the Lord who gives um, the interpretation. It's, it's the Lord. It's not me. And so Joseph says, Actually, what you had was just one complete dream. You just woke up in the middle of it. it was, but it was one dream, one meeting. Here's what it is. And so um, Joseph starts, he gets put in this place of power, of leadership, because he has really proven to be um, a great man of character, as we have read throughout his life, um, over the past couple of days, but over his life. And so now he's 30 years old. 30 years old. That is crazy. He's a teenager when he is, I, I mean, I'm assuming um, that he's like a young boy, so probably teenager years, um, that he's sold into slavery. Um, but I could be wrong on that. Maybe it was early 20s. I'm not sure. But so he is now in this place of, of power because he heard correctly and he was a good steward of what the Lord gave him. And Joseph's brothers arrive in Egypt. They are, Jacob is like, 
what are you doing looking at each other? Go, go get some grain. Like, of course, this is the right answer. Go. And Joseph recognizes his brothers. And obviously, everybody has aged. Um, my best guess is that... My best guess is it's been at least 16 years since he's seen them. Um, maybe more. But the 14, the seven years of... of um, Plentiful and now the seven years of famine. Well, I'm not sure what year of famine. I don't know if it's the first year or how many years. So I guess I don't know how long that um, he's seen them, but it's been a long time and everybody's aged. Everybody's grown up, but he remembers them. He sees them, which I'm I'm sure if you see uh, 10 men together, you're going to maybe be like, oh, I had, I had 10 brothers. Hmm. Mm. Oh wait, you guys kind of look like those brothers. I don't know, or maybe he just he just immediately recognized them. But anyways, um, he has a stark tone with them, and he kind of makes this this deal with them. And um, you also have to remember that Benjamin is uh, Joseph's like full brother, and I don't know that he's seen him. Um, and so I don't know what the significance is that he's like, I want to see Benjamin, um, but he's kind of holding them in, in captivity and then he's being a little gracious and then he's like, I'll hold one of you and then the rest of you go back. And Jacob is like in distress. He, this guy is like, I can't catch a break. Like what, what is happening? What is my life right now? And so this is a... Um, but today's story is a like good reminder for Joseph because yesterday we talked about like that being alone in the dungeon and feeling forgotten, feeling like man, I'm really counting on this to to get me out of here. Don't forget me, remember me, and then it not happening for another two or three years before he's out. Like that's a long time. Two to three years is a long time of being in a dungeon with no progress being made and so but rest assured he's out he's now in a completely like 180 degree turn of just very opposite very different lifestyle very different um way of life and so really forget not that god is a god of redemption and that when we are people who follow the Lord and steward what he has given us and we wait upon him that all things work out for the good for those who love him and who serve him and I know we're not in Romans right now but that is the truth that truth follows us all the way from the beginning of Genesis 1-1 to all the way down to when we read about it in Romans and then past that as well but we see that that is um, is echoed and true here, even in today's story. So Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are a God who cares for his people. And that the truth is, is that nobody is forgotten. Nobody's abandoned by you. No one's out of your reach or out of your sight. And I thank you that you see us, you know us, you care for us, you love us, and you have us in your hand. And I pray that we would be a people who grasp that even in those times where we're not hearing anything or we're not sensing anything or we're maybe feeling 
um, restless or confused. God, I thank you that your truth would sustain us. And I thank you that we can remember that you're sovereign. We can remember your words. Even when we are not able to really grasp what's going on. I thank you that your peace uh, surpasses all understanding and that it sustains us. And God, I just thank you for who you are. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is our website. That is the place of connections where you can see what's happening here in the community, how to get connected and stay connected. So be sure to check that out. If you have prayer requests and things as a um, that you have uh, prayer for, you can call in and um, people in the community listen to them. They pray over them, whether in their hearts or out loud, or they will call in and pray over them. And it's just so sweet to know that people all around the world are um, hearing you and praying over you and for you and with you. And uh, so, yeah, if you want to partake in that and be a part of it, please do so. You can call in 800-583-2164. That is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, this is Chastity from Kansas. I wanted to call with a heavy heart to ask for prayers for a very close family friend of mine um, that I've known since I was probably two or three years old. Um, she unexpectedly lost her husband in an accident on Wednesday, the January 18th. Um, he was only 24 years old and he was in a uh, semi-tractor trailer accident that took his life. Um, they do have two little boys, sorry, at home. And uh, they just really, they need the prayers right now. I know this community is an amazing team of prayer warriors. Um, she just lost her mom a little, almost a year and a half ago. So this is, that's still pretty fresh to her. Um, and losing her mom and now losing her husband, it's shaken her fam all of us, her family very much. And we're just needing prayers. And I know you guys are amazing prayer warriors in this community. And also to anybody who's new, I just want to encourage you to stay with it. Stay with this community because this community is so uplifting and so godly. And everybody truly does care about each other. Even if someone doesn't necessarily call in and pray for your prayer request on here, know that people in this community all over the world are praying for you. This community is what helped me get through one of the hardest years of my life last year. And I'm so thankful to God for each and every one of you. I love you all, and God bless all of you. Hello, Dab Seers. My name is Neil. I live in the beautiful mountains of North Georgia. I am currently standing in the gap and praying for my wife's salvation, for the salvation of my kids, and for the restoration of my marriage and my family. At the tender age of 13, my wife was the victim of a forced encounter at the hands of a cousin. When she told her father, he called her a whore and basically said it was her fault. When my wife was 18, she married what turned out to be an abusive alcoholic. She's had a very hard life, most of her life. Um, we were together been together for 11 plus years. Uh, 
she had an okay relationship with her father, but never as close as a father-daughter should be. In April of 2020, he passed away, which seems to have flipped a switch in my wife. Within a few months, she had left the marriage, left the family, and is living on the other side of the mountain, living a very sinful life. I am standing in the gap and praying for her. If I don't stand and pray for her, who will? If I don't stand and pray and battle and fight for my family, my kids, my marriage, who will? So I covet and ask for the prayers of others to join me as I pray for my wife's salvation, the salvation of my kids, and for my marriage and my family to be restored. I thank you all. Hi everyone, it's Christy in Kentucky. I pray that each of you are having a beautiful day today. Father, thank you for this day. Father, we are lifting up these, your children to you, Father, in prayer. And we thank you in advance for hearing and answering our prayers, Lord. Father, today we pray for Preston, whose dad, Jay, has been diagnosed with cancer in his abdomen and his liver and in his bones. Father, you are our God of miracles. And Lord, we are praying for a miracle for Jay. Be with him, Father, as he goes through these surgeries, Father, and these treatments. And bless Preston and his family with peace. Lord, we also pray for Katie in Ontario, where uh, she told us that a 15-year-old boy um, was hit and killed by a car that was driven by another 15-year-old boy. Oh, Lord Jesus, so many children, Father. Lord, we are asking you be with these families, Father, and comfort them in the way that only you can do. Lord, we also pray, as Delina has put out a prayer for um, the three young women who were riding in a car. Lacey, the driver, has gone home to be with Jesus, and her two other sisters um, sustained injuries. One is still in serious condition. Her name is Lila, and the other one... Um, has come home and with minor injuries, Lord, these children, Father, these families, Father, Lord, please, please, Lord, be with them. And we know that you are. Just pray that your presence will be known, Father, that you comfort them, Lord, their children, Lord, they're just children. Lord, be with them. Walk with them as they walk through this time. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for hearing and answering these prayers. Amen. Dear DAB community, this is Mark from England. And I want to bring you your attention and ask for prayer for a dear friend, Miriam. She's the wife of a Christian minister and they've just taken early retirement. And unfortunately, she's been diagnosed with an aggressive form of pancreatic cancer. So we want to lift Miriam up before the Lord and ask for prayers and ask him for inter to intervene and provide a miracle for, for Miriam. We look at this time at Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 where it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So we say, dear Lord and Saviour, we bow as humble servants of the Lord 
and we ask for prayer and supplication for Miriam. We ask that you heal her body. We ask for a miracle because doctors have given her very little time. So Lord, we know that her and her husband have been servants of the Lord through the work that they've done for over close on 35 years. So Lord, be with them. Be with them whatever the outcome, Lord. This is our prayer. In the holy name, we ask that you deliver them, Lord. Amen. <laughs>